Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to this podcast edition of A Look at the Book. As we begin another week of study, we want to look at a five-hour series on CDs that will help you to understand who the Palestinian people are today. The title of this series, Esau and the Palestinians. You need to understand so that your worldview will be better in focus as it relates to Bible prophecy and current events. Esau and the Palestinians is a study that will enhance that understanding of why things are going on in the Middle East, even as we speak to you right now. If you would take a few moments now and listen at the conclusion of this study, I'll tell you how you can get the entire study of Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour study on CDs. I'll be back in a moment to tell you that, but now let's listen to the study. Go with me now to the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. I want to talk to you about a place prepared. There is a connection between the Edomites and the Israelites, especially in the last days. Twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation. Let me tell you, Revelation in the twelfth chapter is at the midway point of the tribulation. Chapter 11, there have been two witnesses that have preached. 144,000 male virgin Jews get born again. That's chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. They preach the gospel And then these two witnesses, chapter 11, verse 3 and following, are killed. They lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days, at which time, miraculously, their bodies are resurrected from the dead. God then calls them into the heavenlies. We're at the midway point of the tribulation. We go now to chapter 12, still at that midway point. In chapter 12 and verse 7, Satan and all of his evil angels, demonic creatures, are going to be cast out of the heavenlies. The first heaven that's above us. They were cast from the third heaven 6,000 years ago. Third heaven's where God is. Second heaven where the sun, the stars and the galaxies are. First, first heaven is where the sun and the clouds are. They're going to be cast out of that first heaven down to the earth at the midway point. Look at verse 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out unto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Slip, slip over to verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down. In heaven they're rejoicing. The devil has come down unto you. Have great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time on the earth. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Verse 13. And when the dragon, that's Satan, according to chapter 12 and verse 9, when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. That is apocalyptic literature talking about the nation of Israel. Look at verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we see at the midway point of the tribulation, three and a half years, at least after the rapture of the church, Satan is cast down out of the heavenlies. He comes to the earth. All the evil angels come down upon the earth. The ninth chapter of the book of Revelation talks about them looking like 
a creature, uh, a locust, but it's not the normal locust. Hop, hop, grasshopper, has the face of a man, hair of a woman, teeth of a lion, breastplate, has a tail that stings, and he comes down and he is going to persecute, intensify persecution upon the Jewish people. At that time, God is going to prepare a place for them. A place prepared. Look at verse 6. Just before all of this starts to happen, chapter 12, verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now that is three and a half Jewish years. A Jewish year has 30 days. Our yeah, uh, excuse me, a Jewish year has 30-day months. Our year has some 31-day months, giving us 365 days. A Jewish year has 360, so this is three and a half years. She's going to be protected for the last three and a half years. This is the time referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. It's that time of the great tribulation Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24. It's intense persecution upon the Jewish people. Thus, God has prepared a place for her. The question is, where is the place? He doesn't state here in the text where the place is. Let me give you some evidence that I think will make it conclusive that indeed the place is Petra in the area of Mount Seir. In the, Edas, uh, the mountains of Edom, in the range of the Edomites. And the woman, verse 6 again, and the woman fled into the wilderness. The first evidence that we have is this is in the wilderness. Now this is referred to as the wilderness. Basically everything south of Jerusalem is referred to as the wilderness. It's desert mostly. But it is referred to the definition of the wilderness. Remember, it was John the Baptist who down here near Jericho preached. And where did he preach? In the wilderness. This is the Judean wilderness when you come from Jericho up to Jerusalem. This is all the wilderness area. So it qualifies as being in the wilderness. Look over. Uh, we'll come back here in just a moment, but look over to Matthew 24 just for a second. Jesus is referring to that time at the midway point of the tribulation in Matthew 24. And in verse 15, he says this, And when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken up by the, uh, Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. I just got finished telling you in a moment ago, this is a mountain range. Here you have Mount Hermon mountain range, uh, Golan Heights, Gilead, mountains of Moab, mountains of Edom. This is a mountain range going all the way to the Red Sea. These mountains here are over 5,000 feet high. You've got the Dead Sea right here, 1,200 feet below sea level. You've got this mountain range in Petra, which is not very far away, over 5,000 feet above sea level in height. So now it qualifies as the mountains. Flee for the mountains, he says. That's not all he says. Keep reading in Matthew 24 with me. Let them which be in the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let them which in the field return back to take this clothes. And one to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Verse 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. First time I ever went to Petra, I was taken there by a Bedouin guide. I asked the Bedouin guide who had been living there many, many years. I said, what are the winters like here in Petra? He said, sometimes in the winter we get up to as much as 10 feet of snow 
in Petra. And Jesus Christ, speaking of this time in history, at the midway point of the tribulation, when the Jewish people need a place prepared by God for them to be protected the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, that one-third that he's going to keep alive, he said, pray it be not in the winter. Flee for the mountains. Go to the wilderness. Here's additional information about the winter. Go back to chapter 12 of the book of Revelation. I read this many, many times, and all of a sudden, one day as I was driving down the Jordan Valley, and the Jordan Valley actually comes down to the Dead Sea, and then from here at the southern end of the Dead Sea south is called the Arava. That is basically the Rift Valley. The Rift Valley that starts in Syria and goes all the way into Kenya, Africa. That is called the Rift Valley, a result of the flood and what happened after the flood. The Dead Sea was not there prior to the flood. It wasn't the lowest spot on the face of the earth. That all took place after the flood 4,500 years ago. I was driving through that Arava, south of the Dead Sea, wondering what it was talking about, and uh, started remembering what I was reading in the book of Revelation. Look what it says. Again, verse 14 of chapter 12. We read in verse 13 and 17 how Satan is going to persecute the Jewish people. Now look with me what it says here. Verse 14, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. That's three and a half years also. She's going to be nourished there. Somebody asked me, how are they going to stay alive? There's no way to grow crops in there. How are they going to live for three and a half years? The Bible says God who's prepared this place for her is going to nourish her, nourish the nation of Israel during that special time. I tell you what we're doing, we're not taking food into Petra, but I've been in there over 17 times, and every time we go in, we take New Testaments, and we wrap them in a plastic, we mark in there how to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we leave them in the crevices of the rocks, so when they're sitting around for three and a half years, nothing to do, pick, oh, this is a book, hey, who wants to read this book? And somehow they might come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Anyway, uh, they're gonna, she's going to be nourished. They're going to take care of her. Somebody said, well, what's going to happen if it's Petra? It's got an open top. Can't they just fly, fly helicopters over there? If God's prepared the place, it has to be a place where four million Jews, that's one-third of the Jews, there's 12 million today. You wipe out two-thirds of them, that'd be eight million, the greatest holocaust ever hit the world. Four million approximately are going to be in Petra. He can put a, can a canopy over the top of it so they can't touch him. He's prepared the place. He's going to take care of them. And he's going to nourish him. That's what the word nourish basically means. Now look at verse 15. And the serpent, that's the devil, by definition of chapter 12, verse 9. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that she might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. I always wondered, what in the world is that talking about? I knew it was apocalyptic literature, is symbolic some way. wondered what it was talking about. Then all of a sudden I started to realize, here at Jerusalem, 2,800 feet above sea level, down at the Dead Sea, 1,200 feet below sea level, we're talking about approximately 4,000 feet difference in elevation. When it rains up here, the water from Jerusalem and Bethlehem gushes down to the Dead Sea. 
A wadi, a wadi is a dry riverbed. If you've ever been to Israel and driven down through, towards the Dead Sea, you go along all the way along the highway to the Dead Sea, you'll go through wadis. They have these little poles up and it will tell you how high the water is. It's called a bridge. It's not over the water. It goes under like this. And so you can tell how high the water is. When in the winter it rains, the water gushes down and those wadis fill up with water. It has been so treacherous that those wadis with water have turned over big tourist buses and killed people in the buses. Automobiles are flipped over very easily. And I got to thinking, that's it. That's it, the serpent, the devil. Those Jews fleeing from Jerusalem. It says, flee for the mountains. Flee for the wilderness. Pray it be not in the winter. Because that serpent, the devil, will let the water out of his mouth go down that valley as they try to make their way from Jerusalem over to Petra. And then the earth opens up and swallows all the water. What else could I be talking about? If you have a better idea, tell me. If I like yours, I'll start using yours. But it's the greatest thing I could see that the devil could do to try to shut down the Jewish people, making their way out of Israel, across the Aravah, across the Jordan Valley, over into Petra. And so it's a place prepared. By the way, Satan, in the person of the Antichrist, protects this spot. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've studied together Esau and the Palestinians. Now, the entire study is a five-hour study. It's on CD, it's in audio, and it is available to you. If you call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, that's a toll-free number from all across America, you can order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. We trace from Esau all the way to the Palestinian people of today, and we show you in God's prophetic word what is going to be the scenario for the last days as it relates to the Palestinian and the Jewish people. That series, again, Esau and the Palestinians, a five-hour audio study on CD. Call that toll-free number, 877-674-3298, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and you'll be able to order your copy of Esau and the Palestinians. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for listening to this podcast and our study about the Palestinian people and how they come from their ancient descendant Esau. Remember, Jesus Christ is coming, and it could be today. So let's keep looking up until...